are back. The boys in the BP are welcoming Mark Dowdle on the podcast for the fifth or sixth time. His beard's a little longer. Decky's mullet is a little longer. The fellas are here. Mark, how are we, brother? Doing phenomenal. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, so this is one of our first or very few times I know like we all like to get together in person and, uh, you know, slap ass and slap knees and talk and whatever. But, you know, we're all, uh, you know, calling via Zoom. I just have to note um, the ingenuity, Mark, that you have uh, with your blinds going on behind behind you. Uh, it seems that it doesn't make sense to just buy some cheap blinds. But it makes way more sense to use uh, flannels on hangers hung in a certain orientation where it blocks just enough sunlight (laughs) so that you can get your rest in the morning. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I don't have much to say about that. It just speaks for itself. It's impressive. That's all I got to say. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Why buy, why buy something when you, you've got all the articles in your closet? Yeah. I would say it's it's a very resourceful thing and a very Mark Dowdle yeah. thing to do. I, I, I like that you don't spend money on blinds and you just yeah. invest your time in places and other – or invest your time and energy into other things that matter. Yeah. So, you live in a van. You figure shit out. It's simple. I love it, brother. I absolutely love it. Your aesthetic is always pleasing. I know, you recent, <laughs> I know you recently just added a couple hats to your wall. It was a big moment. Uh, uh, you created a, a hat wall, um, yeah. which is it's phenomenal. Uh, the room is really coming together. Um, <laughs> dude, brother, it's good to have you on the show. And I, I really want to jump right into what you've currently been doing because it is, uh, I think you're coming up on, you just finished week two of it, like an, as an organ organized event yeah uh, but we started our own this this whole series of focusing on mental health declan and i recorded a podcast the two of us we talked about embrace north emily rooney came on the show we met her for the first time jumping in the lake um uh in cedar lake two or three years ago that was the winter 2019 uh, didn't really like meet her that time, but she was in the water with us and we formally got to meet her over a podcast. Um, and now you've been getting people together every two weeks, uh, or this is the, that was the second week on a Saturday morning. Uh, mm-hmm. you start at embrace North, you run to Lake Harriet, jump in the water, run me through kind of this, uh, this day and, uh, what it means to you. Yeah. I mean, to kind of bring it full circle is, uh, Embrace North, one of the owners, Kellen, um, is actually a, a guy that I met at the best Christmas ever fundraiser at the Embrace North, what, 30 minute ice tub that Declan did last year with Matt Weiss, Dr. Matt. Yeah. Um, Andrew introduced us. He said, This is, you guys, you guys both like to run. You should get to know each other, <laughs> um, which is awesome. And so I met him a year ago. We've been running together and we just try to find creative ways to get people out to run Um, on the mental health kind of topic. Mental health, that's movement for me is how I deal with mental health. It's always been an outlet for me. And uh, the more that I get into running and doing kind of these adventurous and extreme adventure things, um, 
I've found it more isolating because when you do hundreds of miles, you find yourself in a kind of category of few people. And Kellen and I were kind of going down that stream where we ran from Duluth to Embrace North, which is three days of running. And we just had this idea of, okay, we want to dominate the winter and we want to we want to bring people together in what better way than jumping in a frozen lake. So um, that's what we've been doing. We had our second one on Saturday. We are going to have our third one this upcoming Saturday. And it's a pretty simple concept. It's four and a half miles of running. You jump in the frozen lake. And in that last mile, you run back to Embrace North where the saunas are at. And what we've noticed is... Um, People who like on Saturday, we had a girl who showed up and her last time running, she said, was the seventh grade mile was the seventh grade mile. And so people are coming out and they see this craziness of people jumping in a frozen lake and then running back and and like what's going on. And people just want to get involved because I think especially at this time of year in Minnesota, people find um you know, some people, you know, sometimes it's excuses or there's just a lot that you can put in your way to just stay in and not get out. And movement, I think, is the key to unlocking, uh, you know, a, a, I don't know what, uh, unlocking a key to a better, healthier lifestyle. And that starts with the mental health. So, yeah, that's kind of what we've been doing. Run and plunge on Saturdays. Um, just kind of anybody who wants to come show up. Um, but yeah, that's the run and plunge, just four and a half miles, jump in a frozen lake and book it back to embrace North where you got the warm sauna cooking for you. That's awesome, man. I, uh, I know we spoke off air and I was like, I'm very jealous that I cannot be a part of that at the current moment. Cause that is just something that, um, I agree it, it, um, the immediate effects of the run, the plunge, the run again in the sauna, that, that cycle of, uh, movement is something that's just like, so calming to me. I don't, I don't know if <laughs> it sounds calming, but it is. Um, and I, I just really, I love the, uh, I love the intention, it would, especially when you hear the stories of like someone who has basically only ran a mile since seventh grade. And then all of a sudden they want to run three and a half or four and a half total. Um, and really what you're kind of getting at is like, people want to feel a part of something and mm -hmm. the fact that you're providing something for these people to just like get out and try something and like push their boundaries. Um, it's not easy for them to do that alone. I don't know if that individual would have signed up or signed herself up to just run three and a half miles plunge and run a mile back by herself. But all of a sudden she's got a couple, a uh, couple crazies like Dowdle and uh, Callan to lead the way people get behind it. So I think that's kind of like a important note is, uh, you know, we're trying to capture these stories of mental health and see how people are, you know, overcoming them or, or having solutions. And I think the the journey is both intrinsic, but it's also extrinsic. It's with other people and you're, you're providing a platform and an experience for people to really solve a problem. And I think that's fantastic, man. So. Well, I, I think I think it's, it embodies like people are always searching for things that, you know, I like to think they're searching for something that pushes their comfort zone 
but at the same time it's attainable like it takes no skill or talent to jump in some cold water it just takes you being uncomfortable knowing you're going to be uncomfortable and then doing it anyway and it's like jumping in cold water is such a good like microcosm of of life like you're gonna face uncomfortable times in life and there's no avoiding that even if you shelter yourself in your home and you try and avoid it like it's gonna find you and you can either wait for life's uncomfortable hardships to find you or you can put yourself in positions to face that on your own time so that when it does come to you when you're not expecting it you have tools and skills in place to better take on and i think when you have 18 people like we a saturday that are all smiling they're taking their shirts off in 30 degree weather and you have all these people looking at us like taking photos and like you guys are crazy and it just makes you feel good when you can get people together that are smiling and having fun and doing something that is a little bit crazy but at the same time you know you're gonna be okay. You're just gonna be uncomfortable for this short period of time, and there's a warm sauna waiting for you back in race. Um, that's the cool thing. Like you get yourself in a position to face an uncomfortable situation and deal with that, and then know that after you're gonna be better for it, and you're gonna be okay. And that there's people there, like the girl who hadn't run since seventh grade she was kind of walking that last mile and i slowed down and walked with her like it's not we're not going to leave people behind it's about making sure that everybody is facing this together um and so that's kind of my favorite part about the run and plunge and the runs and all the other stuff that i'm doing is it's about knowing that uncomfortable moments are going to happen while we're doing this thing and let's just deal with that together like we're all in that together so I think that's a really important thing to focus on, um, especially as we, we talk about mental health. Yes. The, the community aspect of these microcosms of uncomfortability um, make headways because there's so many times that we feel isolated and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And like, that is the most, that feels like to me, that is one of the darker situations that I can get in is when I feel alone and I am, either uncomfortable at work or something in a relationship and it, it, you feel completely lost. You feel helpless. And, uh, we say you're not going like, there's no, Oh, um, you're going to be okay in the ice water. Cause you really are going to be okay. Like you can spend 15 seconds in there. You can spend five minutes in there. You can spend 15 minutes. Um, you know, we can be aggressive and spend 30, but you don't need, you don't need to do that. You can, you really only need to get in there and breathe five times, like try to relax your shoulders, sit with it and do like a series of box breathing. And all of a sudden you open your eyes wide eyed and you have this sense of like, holy smokes, I'm doing this thing. And you look up and everyone else is either like hyper locked in or they're looking at you and you're smiling, you're hooting and hollering or something along those lines. Um, like, it, it's so funny that that that's what's like it that the that's the environment it creates like that. It's really fucking cold in there and everyone is a part of it. Um, 
I know we've talked about it a few times, but I, I really like uh, like uh, this past week, but I just really enjoy what it brings out of people. Um, mm. And I'm so thankful that someone like Luis is head head and shoulders, like creating this space um, and making it a um, a space where anyone can do it. It's so inclusive. It's not like this right. is a top tier athlete type thing. Um, totally. Anyone can join. Well, and maybe you both can relate to this because you both had, um, I think, what, Andrew, you did 20 minutes in, in the cold and Declan next year did 30, something like that. Yeah. 22 minutes. It was like I did 30 and Deck did 35. Right. Something like that. Um, and maybe you guys can speak to this, but it's when you step out into the extreme unknown where somebody who's afraid to do even 10 seconds now feels more comfortable stepping into that zone because they're like, whoa, I just saw Andrew and Declan sit in the cold tub for 30 minutes. I can do 15 seconds. And I don't know if you had that experience post when you guys did that. Um, but even when you're around Embrace North right now, like it's the people that have been there that are sitting in the cold tub for five minutes that are the first ones to help that newcomer. When they hear there's a newcomer, they're like, I've been through this situation before. I know what you're going through and I'm here to help you through that. Here are the techniques that you can use. Here are the breath work techniques that you can use. And here's how you can help yourself through it. And that, you know, I, I feel like that's again, another, another way that we're starting to see the mental health. I know you guys had talked last week um, with uh, who was on Emily Rooney, Emily. And she said how it wasn't talked about four years ago at a you know collegiate level type for athletes um, and how mental health is being talked about now. It's like, here are the things that I went to went through. Here's how I can help people that either are going through something that I went through or, you know, they're going through a difficult time in their life post-college trying to find a job, like all of these things. It's like a give back. It's, it's a constant give back. Mm. And the the give back and time and time again seems for the three of us uh, to be in community. Um, and I just want to speak on this with you, Mark. Um, you know, we've you've, we've probably chatted about this a time or two before on this podcast with five dollar five K. But like run and plunge is just another rendition of five dollar 5k you're just doing it in the winter and you're adding in this ice bath um why is it important to you to build community i don't know that's that's a i've thought a lot about that question and i don't know if i'm building community or i'm bringing communities together or or i'm just elevating a community that already exists i mean it's i think i don't know i just feel like a lot of people are trying to build communities and i think for a time i was trying to build a community and i to me it feels more like i'm just trying to tap on like tap into something that people can come and go as they as they please like with this run and plunge it's not necessarily a community that we're building we're just trying to create a space where you know people 
can participate and join in something that they know is going to be beneficial for them. I think I've gotten lost on the fact, or I've tried to go too far into like, like, you know, with $5, 5k, uh, trying to grow this community, but there's so many moving parts where I think when you go in with the intention of, I want to build a community, you're going in with the wrong intention to begin with. I think trying to go into a space and just say, I want to do something cool because I think it's cool and I'm having a good time doing it. And I think like it's really becoming obvious with the running plunge is Helen and I just liked running and we thought it'd be cool to jump in the water and we put it out to the world and people were asking about it. And we said, okay, let's get people together. Let's say we're going to do it on Saturday morning and whoever wants to join can join. Like the intention is just, this is something we're doing. Other people seem to have a good response to it. Well, this is the time we're going to do it. Anybody can show up and not really putting the intention around um, creating a community, but more so sharing an experience that you enjoy and opening that up to other people. Yeah, I would say it's like more so just building on your enthusiasm and then like the community essentially follows because more people oh, like there's other people that are equally if not more enthusiastic about it For sure. and uh you keep doing it every week or you keep following certain paths because you're just following the signs and listening to where you feel most excited to go do something right um that that's what i think it's always been in terms of the blueprint for any of us like we're doing all this kind of stuff on the side um and over time it it just there's certain things that we just get really excited about and people see that and sense the passion and then like just want to ask to join along. And there's not necessarily like a, like a community with some guidelines and some, and, right. and some invites and, and like a branding message and stuff like that all kind of formulates itself later, but it, it's, it has to start with some sort of rooted intention. And it, it's also fair to say like the people that are, training with you for your love like Lori run or attending a $5, 5k or even like showing up to the DNP or just showing up to like embrace North are all probably people that fall under any of the things that you're enthusiastic about just because they like they're, they're just naturally attuned to that. So that's why I like to say like the, uh, you're, you're building enthusiasm, um, that people want to be around. I just think that's like, um, it makes it's like the it's like the easiest I guess not the easiest way forward it's just the most worthy most worthy way forward uh, in that sense for you because it's like you're you're just gonna grab more people that are enthusiastic. Well, and I know I've said this to Andrew. I might have said this to you, Dak, but it's like being a lighthouse and just shining that light in circles, and any boat that sees your light has the opportunity to come to shore to see what you have to offer. But you're not searching for specific boats to bring into your shore. You're just focusing on that enthusiasm. You're just focused on shining that light. And whoever comes in, you're happy to have because something about the way you're shining your light is attractive to them and they want to be a part of it. And there's no restrictions on they have to stay for X amount of time. It's like it's a come and go. But we're going to keep shining our light because we love what we're doing.
Exactly. Yeah. And I think like that is to me like who Mark Dowdle is or like that is also to me like who Back Pocket is. Like we've done countless events over the years uh, that range from uh, parties to boat boat excursions to dating shows to whatever it may be. We, you know, we're, we got a, we got a pretty wild uh, list of, you know, bandwidth, I guess, if you should say. <laughs> uh, but regardless, like it's all stuff that we're, we're enthusiastic about. And I, I think the, the key is like, I think, and maybe you can speak more on this, like through each opportunity to be enthusiastic uh, or for, through each venture to chase, I think there's like a different part internally that it unlocks and tells you more about yourself. And then like in turn that helps you like build, like turn and build like the next thing. Yeah. Um, would you say that would be the case for you? Like have you learned and built as you come up with these different new ideas? Yeah. I think the, the biggest thing I've learned is just letting go of the expectation, like letting go mm-hmm. of the expectation for it to be a certain way. Um, you know, like the the run and plunge is a perfect example where it's just there's not a ton of effort into planning it. We just, you know, it's just enthusiasm and doing something we enjoy doing and not putting too much worry about who's going to show up, how many people are going to show up, if they're going to have a good time. Um, if we have a good time and we, you know, <laughs> it's it's pretty simple, but if we're nice people and if we see them having a hard time running, we'll slow down and walk with them. And if we, if we see that they're a little concerned about getting into cold water, well, they showed up. So uh, we're going to encourage them to get in, but it's never going to be forced. And yeah, I, I think the biggest thing has been just letting go of expectations because you can't control it. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard, but it is so much more enjoyable when you do. Um, yeah. It is by, yes, it is so much more enjoyable. And I love the, uh, you know, keeping your head on a swivel, checking if people are, you know, really enjoying their time or someone's struggling. I I think Declan and I love to say it's our Ritz Carlton concierge mindset, um, the hospitality and industry side of us where we're just constantly Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you know, like everybody is your guest and the good and the bad you have to provide and you have to understand where you can, how you can help this person walk away feeling like they're a better person um, or they had an enjoyable experience. Um, When you, when you bring up that metaphor with the lighthouse and bringing the boats in, I'm curious, deck and I had a chance to talk about this um, on a previous podcast, but the light, the fuel of the light um, you know, that takes, that takes a lot to get those light beams out there and, you know, you yeah. want to get it as far as you possibly can, uh, to reach as many potential boats as possible. Um, what specifically with you, um, fuels that light? Mm. Yeah. As you say, the first thing my brain thinks about is like the energy source of, um, I think I've had more of a shift in thinking that I need to get that light as far as possible. Um, But thinking about the energy cost of that, where, you know, you're trying to go so far out and the energy you're using to get as far as you can, and you're missing all of the boats and all of the people that are within your vicinity that might Mm. take 
less energy to get, but might fuel you with energy. Um, I was, I was on a run with, we were doing a hill Tuesday over the summer where, you know, I was just getting people out to run some hills on Tuesdays as I was training for the love like lawyer run. And, um, uh, John tickle, he, he's a guy I met through November project and he was out there with Michael Fitzhenry, who's a guy I played the cross with at St. Thomas. And, um, we had just, Kellen and I just run our Duluth run and tickles like, man, Mark, like who, like, he's like, you inspire me through running. Like what you do is amazing. It's like, who, and it's like, who do you know around here? That's inspiring you. Like, how are you getting refueled? Because none of us are doing what you're doing. And it's funny because Fitz, he had started coming to embrace North. He had started to come to Hill Tuesdays and he um, was just kind of showing up in different ways that he hadn't before. Um, and he called me one day and he said that people at his work were doing a sprint triathlon and they needed a runner. And he's like, all right, I'll, I'll be the runner. I'll be the runner. And he set this goal of he wanted to complete the 5k in 30 minutes. And he was just like super focused on it. And just really like, he's like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Like super excited about it. And, um, I, you know, I, that to me is something that fuels me is like knowing that in a large way, um, doing something that I was doing of preparing for this long run and bringing people together on Tuesdays to run. I know that had an impact on fits to then have the courage to say, I, put his hand up and say, I'll run that 5k. Like I'm in a position where I can run that 5k and just seeing the progress that he had of going out there and setting this goal for himself and going out and doing it like that to me is super cool to see um, because mm. that's that's him putting himself in a position where it's uncomfortable for him. Um, mm. So that's, I, I guess that's one, that's one of, there's many stories like that, that I can pull on, but that'd be one that definitely fuels me. Um, I, I think another is just seeing what you guys are doing. Um, you know, you, you had mentioned this before the podcast, but the text that I sent you guys of the reach that we've had of using the things that we're building and the money that we've raised. It's like every year, this uh, best Christmas ever. And now what you guys are doing with the mental health stuff and putting yourself out there to use the communities and the platforms that you guys have built over the last five years to do something good with that. Like I get fired up where I'm like, okay, like last year was a $5, 5k this year, we're going to do a 24 hour run and raise money for what you guys are raising money for. And um, just to be in a space where I can watch you guys and be a part of the date night podcast every week, and see the commitment that you guys have, like that helps inspire me to continue going down whatever path I'm on. Um, it doesn't always have to be like my running and the goals that I set for myself don't, don't always have to be fueled by other runners or other mm -hmm. things in that lane. It's just people doing something that is cool and they're putting themselves out there and they're sharing it with the world. Yeah. 
and like they're having their own like success and the success is like relative to whatever they're doing it's not like a penultimate success of someone running like 700 miles and you're inspired by that uh that fires me up man because it's like you're you're just genuinely fueled and excited by other people accomplishing and like really putting themselves out there uh and putting energy into the world like um that fires me up man i think that's like such a that that fuel source is bottomless i would say there's there's if you if you shine your lighthouse anywhere and are just looking and always paying attention to any of your friends family or people around you that are winning um and you get inspired by that that's it's a hard thing to slow down i think that's yeah. like a i think you got like a, a mighty fuel source man that's that's amazing and i think um, it's easy to get bogged down and uh, get overwhelmed with some of the maybe internal expectations. I know that happens to me often, and that's when some of these things start to creep in, especially like isolated away from a lot of my friends and not necessarily and like not necessarily always online paying attention to what everybody else is doing. But I will say like whenever like what you're describing is just something that's so good for me to hear in terms of just like paying attention to the, some of these other small wins that people are having and then recognizing internally be like, damn, like, you know, I actually am winning in certain areas on my path to try and achieve some sort of higher goal or expectation. So um, that gets me excited, man, just all around. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I say that another fuel source would be that pain sucks, but this type of pain that I, can put myself in the grind of that is like, okay, then there's another way that you can, there's another relationship you can have with a hard time. Mm. And I think that's super important. Right. And I think you have a, uh, I think you have a unique perspective on pain. I think uh, a lot of people would look at your feats as overly painful or hard to attain. Uh, I kind of personally drew the line when I saw a video of you explaining how you have a process of sleeping while you run uh, so, so you can run further miles. <laughs> to me, I think that's insane. Uh, but uh, I I think one thing I guess I just want to ask, like in that lane of pushing your pain limits and tolerance is like um, – I understand like you're obsessed with pain. I think that's cool. But I, I guess have a question of like um what what makes you want to continue to push for the pain? Is it is it like the the immediate like is it the results that you get after the pain has been endured? Is it a competition within yourself of like I just did something more painful than I did the time before? Is there like a journey involved in all of this? Like, is I would love to hear more intrinsically, like where your head is, in and in, in why you love pain so much. Yeah, that's a that's a very good question. I I would rephrase that and say I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm obsessed with pain, but I am genuinely curious about what happens psychologically for me when I'm put in a painful situation, what, what excuses do I try and find to get myself out? Um, what are some of the, the 
like, am, am I mean to people around me? Am I, do I find myself grateful? Which in a lot of times I have found a lot of gratitude in the painful experience, but I just think that there's so much more that you can learn through the pain than you can when things are all good. I, I heard this the other day, but it's like, I think Goggins was, was on Rogan and he was just talking about how if you put an alien or somebody on this planet and gave them the best life, everything, all the, like, you wouldn't need a roadmap or any guidance if you are living a happy life. You just get to live. But when things are tough and you fall on hard times and you're, you're in a painful situation, well, there are so many variables. There's so many things that you have to focus on. And where does your mind go when everything's gone to shit? And I just really like that process of narrowing things down to what is the next thing that I can do to make myself get closer to getting back to equilibrium. Um, and I And I think, you know, in these longer runs, it's fun to go from I feel good and then day two or three comes around and I no longer will feel this good. And this is the new good that I'm going to feel and recalibrating to, okay, if this is the best that I'm going to feel over the next seven days, well, then I need to be grateful that I feel this good right now, because I know in a few hours I might not be able to walk and I might have to figure some shit out then, but I need to recalibrate into think okay this is this is actually the new really good and i think if what i've learned is being able to do that in those moments helps me step outside and go back into normal life and be like okay yeah i'm not feeling the best today but look at all these other things that are amazing that are a part of my life and look at these people that are amazing and I'm grateful for, and I can recalibrate and say, okay, if this is the best I'm going to feel today, then I need to be happy with that, grateful with that, and keep moving forward. Hmm. Dude, you're you're so pure, man. <laughs> I I am uh, I'm honored to be a friend of yours. I mean, like that was just that's incredible. Um, you know, you just went through a run that was 486 miles. 484.5. Don't forget that point five, man. Sir. Um and uh, you know, we we had a chance to chat about it and um some of the team members that were with you along the run, and it wasn't as challenging um as you anticipated it to be. Yeah. I'll I'll let it be there. I'll let you explain that further. But yeah, um through that there was a sense of um, you know, just kind of like internal reflection, like why, you know, like yeah. why, you know, what, why? Um, and I think some of the things you shared were like the preparation that went into it and the amount of people that were there to help you throughout it was a huge difference from the years prior when there was shorter runs. Um, but like, that's a crazy stretch, 484.5 miles over nine days. Um, like just talk me through how you were able to do that and feel like it was not as hard as the other runs. Yeah, you you hit on it. I mean, the the training, the preparation that went into it was much more. I gotta... Yeah, dude. Hit record again. Get the reset going. Your beard looks phenomenal, man. I uh, 
It's just burly and thick. It's right, <laughs> it's right in the camera right now. I get to see it all. Yeah, he's definitely uses some really good beard oil. And it might just be like it just might be beef juice. It might not it might just come no, he, right from the ground. No, he he's got some good beard oil. And Dude, I, it's it's a little red too. There's some orange in there. Yeah, Dude, Mark, I have I have a ginger beard. Yeah. Yeah, we we knew that. That's awesome. That's electric, dude. Wow. I think Mark's getting good at growing a beard and also like you like having just a really good uh gratitude problem-solving mindset. I think he's doing good at both of those things nowadays. I think that's well, what, that's you. what sounds like that's what sounds like pain is teaching you, dude. Well, So, uh, what the the question? Yeah. Go in, ahead, Andrew. In the, you know, you don't need to go entirely in depth in it, but you know, you went, you ran longer than ever before, and it wasn't as challenging as runs in the past. Yeah. So, preparation first and foremost was 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 much more extensive. Um, Yoakum strength training was doing a lot more of that and actually took miles off. I won't get into those specifics of the training. Um, the people, I mean, we had my dad there. We had Blake and John. We had Lucy. We had, um, we had Jordan and some other film crew and just a constant, consistent flow of people that had extreme energy and Alex V jumps for sure too. Um, I think, I think the what really was challenging to me was, like you said, of walking away from that experience and almost not feeling challenged to my soul. And I'm, I'm, I don't know why it went as smooth as it did. I think one of the uh, all those reasons, yes. I think when we fell behind, the the old me would have been like we need to catch up on those miles right now and what i said earlier of learning how to let go of the expectation was something that i have done a really good job of um and just being like okay we didn't hit our landmark for three days and it was okay like we we don't need to be anywhere anytime we just need to keep moving forward and if we make those back we make those back um, and on that aspect of letting go, it was a really clear understanding for me to realize that the love like Lori run is not about Mark Dowdle and it never was. And that was hard for my like ego self to really battle with when we're on the final day and I'm like, I'm feel amazing. I could go for three more days. And the last year being on my hands and knees and having to crawl essentially the last 20 miles. Um, but I looked around me and I see Blake hitting 212 miles. I see John hitting over 100 miles. I see Alex V. Jones hitting over 80 miles. I, I have my sister who she trained in from Chicago and she hit over 30 miles. Um, and all of these people around me we're setting 
exponentially new records for themselves um, and realizing that it's it really has become something that I went into it wanting when I talked to you guys about how how can I make this not become about me and I think after last year that was like wow like I found a new layer of my soul and wanting to find that again and then coming out of it and being like okay um this is something really special because of the reach that has and and bringing in people like Lori's mom and bringing in her brother that we were able to meet um, in the, the second day of, of the run. Um, so I don't know if that fully answers the question, but that's kind of where I, I took it. Yeah, I think there's like new surprises, I guess, with each year that you do it. Like, um, I don't, it might not be, this year may not have been about how hard you challenged yourself and a different layer of your soul that you unlocked, but I think it goes back to the same exact point of like, your fuel source was abundant and people just like having victories around you as a part of this um, legacy event. And when we had talked uh, before you ran and like in the summer, I even think, and I, that was like one of my things that I always, uh, always urged you to do. And that I always wanted to help, you know, help out, which was like, you're running such a long distance. Like anybody who, comes along for the way is going to probably hit a PR. (laughs) And and it's, and I think like people who are urged to like support the legacy, support you, and then, uh, you know, get something out of it themselves. I think the fact that like all the people you listed all had immaculate running experiences because they, they said yes to the opportunity um is incredible i just think that's so cool and the fact that like all those people won all those people were constantly inspiring to you and then that was like kind of the storyline as as you leave year three i think like that that to me is the most incredible thing is you your first ever year that you did it you uh you have blake now running 80 more miles than that yeah and then not to mention Callan from earlier, but a very similar thing. You ran the exact same race with the guy who had never done it before in training, and you did it the way that you originally intended to do it, which was to push mm. a cart for 150 miles or 130 or whatever it ended up being. But um, those are the stories to me, like watching you build this over and over and over again. Those are the stories that I think are the coolest parts of it and not even the miles because the miles are just going to get bigger and it's just like the the roots are going to get different and the elevation gain is going to go up and down like it always does. But like the stories rooted within the people that are helping you are amazing. And that's where like, I want you to just run with like a sea of people next year and they're all hitting a hundred miles. And so now you got like 80 people with you, with, with the legacy that are like crushing an insane amount of miles that if someone saw that they wouldn't even believe their eyes, you know, but that's going to happen at some point. Yeah. I I mean, that is the coolest thing. It's like almost in a weird way, feeling like a sensei or feeling like, like somebody, like I'm guiding people through this experience that I have so much experience with. 
Um, and I saw that with Kellen. Like when we ran the 176, he I saw his soul die. Like I saw a man's soul die on that third day. And to see and Andrew saw this in me on the on that first run, but like seeing someone be fully like not there, but they're continuing to move forward. And then to see that rebirth happen, I'm getting chills just just talking about it. Like to be able to see that and help someone through that is uh, it's something like that is another fuel source because there's so much power in that. There's so much um, power that nobody can ever take away from you. Like nobody will ever be able to take away that. Uh, level of strength in Blake and Kellen in any of the people that participated and Lucy who ran her she ran the last four miles when she was terrified to run um, but it you know whether you were running or not like you you had some experience where you were tested and you made it through because it wasn't about any individual is about how all these individuals were coming together to move forward and i just i love i love that imagery i love that imagery of like all these people just throwing their sticks in the fire and it's no big log it's just all these sticks coming from all these different angles and it keeps the fire fuel i love that i love that i love when people can come together and do that that's cool that's just a big old bonfire Uh, it is your version of burning man yeah, for sure. It's cool as hell, man. I think uh, that's that's just I think it just kind of comes full circle as to like what when we ask like you know what is it about the community aspect, and I think you pretty much nailed it on the head. And I think um, I just get so fired up being around that too. Like I just think that is just the coolest thing. I think it like there's there's so much inherent power, and it it comes mainly from you in terms of like you're you're setting you're putting, you're organizing all of this together, but like you're not organizing any of these results necessarily besides just the duration of like the event, if you want to put it that way. Um, it's, it's inspiring, man. And I think uh, that is just a really cool aspect. So I guess you, you know, kind of uh, not necessarily transitioning, but just like internalizing that a little bit and looking forward. Um, what is that? thing i guess we're not looking for but what is that thing that like mark dowdle's obsessed with right now trying to figure out inside his own head uh what is that average quality what is that thing that is constantly keeping you uh what what's what's constantly on your mind right now i think the thing that's constantly on my mind is how how i can run at the lengths that i want to run that satisfy the it's like finding the the line where I'm challenged to an extreme point, but I can do it in a way that brings a beginner runner level along for that ride. So the, you know, the run and plunge is a good example, but to, to extend that out, like 
on January 14th, where Kellen and I are going to be running four miles every hour on the hour for 24 hours. So it'll come out to 96 miles. Now, we will go one more to get that 100th mile. But the point is that we can be we can go to our extreme lengths of running for 24 hours straight. But that doesn't stop someone from clocking in at five o'clock for that hour if they're a beginner runner and going for a four mile run. And that doesn't stop someone who maybe they ran a half marathon and they want to get a full marathon and they want to split it up between the full day. Like I want to find a way to show people the power that movement and that movement and running has brought to me in my life. And, and, you know, whenever I do these runs, like that's the time where I have the most impact on people. And I know that. Um, and so how can I bring those people along to give them a, a small barrier of entry access point where I can, I can just be the kind of like a symbol of like, Jesus, guys, I'm running for 24 hours. Or, you know, I, I had a really nice thought today on my run of what uh, Love Like Lori or another run could look like next year of just like 12 days of running. Like, what would 12 days of running look like that takes the same loop? And how many different high school cross-country teams, how many different running clubs, how many different, like, groups of people can we get out where – I can just be the symbol for people to get out and remove their, their excuses and just move together. Um, so that's kind of my obsession right now is like, I don't want somebody's excuse to be, I don't think I can keep up with you or I haven't run in years. I, I'm, I believe that everybody can run a four mile run at the pace that I run and it's a it's a 13 and a half to 15 minute mile it is a walk job if you're listening to this podcast and you have like any sort of movement if you walk from your couch to your your refrigerator then that's the pace that we run you can you can you can do this I promise you um and so I just want to be that simple. Like I, I want people to realize that there's a ton of potential in themselves and, um, and I want to help bring that out of them. Hmm. Your the consistency from, um, the, uh, talking about the run and plunge to, um, the, the run itself for love, like Lori to the, the things that you're planning ahead on is incredible. Um, I think the headspace that you've un untapped or unlocked, um, I'm, I'm just really stoked to listen back to this in five years, um, because of what and how you're describing your current headspace. Um, it speaks volumes to the stuff that you're doing on the journaling side of things and, uh, the consistency of, I mean, simply running. And uh, now you're extending that out through uh, get, tapping back into short form videos that I think are incredibly artistic that you're doing all on an iPhone. Like it's phenomenal. Um, I've told you that before <clears throat> and you're getting, you're, I've been you're, telling them the same thing, by the yeah, way. More and more been, like so excited about it. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, you're definitely, not only are you um, 
verbalizing inspiration for movement, but I think you're um, on an entirely different track, like the internal reflection and the selflessness that uh, you've unlocked inside that um, is, is incredible. And I look back to us sitting in um, the Washington 2.0 uh, smaller podcast studio in Colfax. And uh, I don't know if you had just graduated or not, think you might have it might have been the winter after or something like that but you were planning on all of these runs and all these adventures <laughs> and push it like yeah yeah like i mean that was like a totally different version of how you wanted to unlock this yeah. space um but just seeing it's been i think that was 2019 2018 2018 confident in that um yeah i mean like the, the progression of that is just incredible it's only been four years or whatever um mad props to you just wanted to pat you. to give yourself a compliment Thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. And I, and I think if uh, maybe you take this with you um, for your journaling, but it sounds like you're doing like a Venn diagram of like low barrier to entry with like the ultimate potential to win and push yourself. Uh, and that's internally. And you want to grab as many people to find as many wins as possible because you know if you can take the person who can walk from their couch to the refrigerator to run – 12 miles because they just want to be with you for three hours and they're doing it from one to four um, in the morning. You, like that is something that is mm. going to change your life forever. And you want as many of those types of situations as you possibly could find. And uh, that, that sounds to me like what you're trying to accomplish. I, I really commend you for that. Sure. Yeah. You hit it right, right on the head. And of, of course, I mean, I got the journal out. Good. It's here to stay. There's, it's it is another huge aspect that I encourage everybody to do. Amen. Something that I'm I'm personally maybe needing some reflection and some advice on, and I think all three of us share this same headspace um, with the fundraising aspect of all of this. Um, Mark, you were able to raise fifty thousand dollars for Love Like Glory this past October. Um, incredible. Um, Thank you. And. I, I think Declan might have mentioned this in the beginning, or we talked about it off air, off air. But the, as a collective, raising over a hundred, now probably one hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. The challenges that come with it, uh, mm. and for me, uh, now doing it for year year three, and also being a part of Love Like Lori, um, you know, getting your friends and family involved, and my my dad has definitely been in my ear as a guidance of being like people want to help, but there's always this sense of like asking for money time and time again, um, knowing you're doing it for something special and it's going to leave an impact, but the hardships of raising money through our actions and through having to self promote it. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, it, do you have, is that something that you've thought about recently or uh, doing it now at the extreme of $50,000? Like what are the obstacles and how did I overcome them type of deal? More on like just asking like fundraising the guilt money. around it. Yeah. I, I have a sense of guilt behind it. Um, yeah. I, and having to promote it that, that yeah. I think that's where it comes from. Like having to like blast it all over social media and saying, look at me, look at what I'm trying to accomplish. And, and it's never, that's what I'm trying to veer away from it. And that's not my intention. And that should, there should be a sense of letting the expectation go, but yeah. it's there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something I battle with, with all the time. Um, I think 
so like one thing I did differently this year and that we did as a team differently this year, Tim actually, um, Tim gave me this suggestion was the same thing your dad said, like people want to help, but people want a, a want to also feel a part of it in a bigger way than just giving money. And so one of the things that we knew we needed was we needed gas money or we needed money for groceries or we needed hotels on certain nights. And so we just asked that. We said, hey, would you be willing to donate $100 for our groceries or $100 for gas or get a hotel for a night? And that way, that way, it did two things. One, it gave someone something very specific to put the money towards. But then it also, in a, in a strange way, builds the, the closeness of the community or of the people that are getting involved that aren't necessarily in the line of duty. So when we, when we have Paul and Judy V. Jones get us a hotel tonight, you bet they're going to be telling their friends like, Hey, we, we got them the hotel. Like there's pride with that because without them getting that hotel, it would have been a horrible night out in the middle of nowhere, Iowa type of thing. So that's one thing that was like, how do we build a more specific way for people to help? And it's just, it's the same thing as what Declan said is like, I'm trying to create a lower buried entry, like give people a specific way for them to get involved and ask for it. And there's always going to be the guilt around that, Andy. Like, there's always going to be the guilt of, like, I don't want to ask people for money. But um, you can't, you know, you, people won't donate if you don't ask. <laughs> like, they won't. And, um, yeah. I don't, it's, what, I what, are, what are your thoughts on that, Declan? Um, well, I, I always, I think what you were getting at was the feeling a part of the momentum and i yeah. think we have done like a really good job of harnessing and sharing and promoting that momentum where like every dollar that went towards the family last year was to get them out of a hotel and that was like such a cool thing to share with others and it was so like it, it was just so easy to latch on because like if you saw this guy donating to it. And then like all of a sudden you get this guy throwing money into it. And then like, we're just constantly showing like, look how close, look how, how close, how much closer we're getting to like this big penultimate moment. It was like, um, I never, I guess I don't really feel as much empathy just cause I'm not a very empathetic person, but I was just so focused on the, the momentum of it that I was just like, it, it made sense for most people to feel like they were a part of it for sure. This year, well, oh, it, go ahead. No, sorry to cut you off, but it just re reminded me of something of like, I like running a marathon and people asking, are they doing it for a cause? And, mm -hmm. and, or like running across America or running, and it would be selfish and it would be wrong for me to say, like, why did you run 500 miles? And to say, the only reason I ran was to raise money for pancreatic cancer. Like there was, that was a large piece of it, but there was also that large piece of like fulfilling something in myself and wanting to push and challenge myself. And there's also this 
part of me that's like, God, like I, I want to see Blake run over 200 miles. Like, and I want to help be the person that, that like helps him do that and all these other things. And it's not that the, it's not the reason that we ran or it's not the reason that people do it's that we are able to, it's like the fact that you have a platform that you can go out and raise $40,000 for a family to get them out of a hotel. You have that ability. And so with that ability, it's a responsibility for you to do that because you can, it doesn't have to be this, like, I, you know, like we're doing this because we want to help a family, like deep down, you'll know the answer to that question. And it's okay that a part of that is you wanting to help this family. And it's okay that another part of that is selfish in the sense of like, we have the platform to do it. So we did. Totally. Yeah. And I think um, contextualizing it in this uh, this year with our fundraiser is like, we're at like the second step of that journey. Like mm. we were ju- like literally just getting started and where my head was like super anxious is that we had a deadline to get it done by the end of the year. But if I, the second I relinquished the deadline and the expectation, I started to just like project more about like how to tell the story to how, and then eventually knowing that we'll answer the question of like how to build the momentum because sure. right now we're we're so spread out in terms of like where the money can go and what programs we're going to be supporting and who we're going to be impacting um and it's more about just taking baby steps along the process of like figuring out where the momentum's really going to come in right. and uh i think the first thing that i'm recognizing right away and one of the first things andrew and i got really excited about was like it feels like we're one of the only ones doing it. Like there's not a lot of people just like blindly going into mental health and saying they're raising money for it. Most people are asking like, what the hell are we donating to? I'm sure. Or like, where are these things going? And I think that was step two was like watching the video that our buddy Patrick sent us and was like, check out this video we made, uh, you know, promoting the the programs and stuff. And I get to watch like a nine-year-old girl have her life changed because she's able to like, go through dog therapy and now she her like her whole entire life changes because of that and and i'm sure there's gonna be more things along the way more people that we're gonna meet more stories that we're gonna hear that's gonna make a true impact to help us truly contextualize the opportunity and truly contextualize what the momentum is and uh maybe at that point is when we ask people to come along maybe at at, and there's gonna be different people at different stages put it that way and, yes. and you don't need to know the end result. Right. Like the evolution of Love Like Lori was we donated money. We or we raised money and donated to pancreatic cancer. Now we have a scholarship set up at Prior Lake High School on top of the money that we donate to pancreatic cancer. Yes. We yeah. didn't know that was going to be a thing the first year, but now it is. That's And that is where we made the shift from the amazing things that we were able to do with Best Christmas Ever taught us a lot. But now we were able to shift that because it was a finite thing. And then we'd move on to another family, which is hard because you feel like you should go back to that same family or there should be a fund now for that family. Hopefully they're like making rent payments and stuff. And uh, there's still ways we can still accomplish that. Um, 
But then with this mental health stuff, I mean, the story that Declan just shared, this uh, nine-year-old had strep throat and uh, it got into her brain and caused panic attacks. She was scared to tell anyone. And um, it finally, like, someone realized what was going on. And uh, dog therapy, the simplest form of, like, you know, just a a warm, cuddly dog um, and not and not having that. <laughs> no, but hospitals not having that availability and yeah. sending them to emergency rooms and sending them to urgent care. And that same feeling is heightened and enhanced and that child suffers further. Um, so we're just learning about what the space is. Yeah. And it, it's really cool to um, have someone like Emily Rooney on. And then we're going to have Paul Martin on after you, who has his own uh, foundation, uh, Shine a Light. Um, and he's a former wild hockey player. Uh, it's opening us up to a whole new community of people that I'm excited mm-hmm. to, uh, build relationships with and, uh, people that we've already established relationships are coming up to us and already saying, this is amazing that you are shifting into Masonic children's hospital. Um, you're like, you're in the, be- you're just in the beginning, you're opening a whole can of worms type of thing of excitement. Um, yeah, just super cool. Well, uh, I'll, I want to commend you guys and congratulate you guys on this venture that you're going out. And I think you're, you guys are doing it the right way because what you're doing right now is aside from me, Paul and Emily, I'm blanking Emily. Yes. Correct. Yeah. 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 Emily and Paul, they're in those spaces that they can help educate you on where you should be making your next steps. Like you guys are doing what's the the thing that you can do what's your next step what's the thing that you can focus on to move forward and as Declan said baby steps and it's like just learn about the community and see where they need help because they'll tell you exactly yeah and i think that's when um you know maybe the ask isn't even today or tomorrow andrew because i've had those same reservations you know hitting up the same people that I hit up the last two years but like this year it feels different or whatever it may be um and that's okay like i don't again like the fact that there's no deadline and there's no like act we're not we're not surprising someone with a house we're not there's no actual like finite thing it it just has been opened to a journey and the way we're attacking it is the best way we know how to attack it, which is um, through podcasting and networking and putting genuine intention and listening to the stories. And like with each conversation, I first off remind myself of like how thankful I am that we, um, why we do the podcast and how intrinsically motivating it is to have these conversations in our back pocket. Um, and and then secondly, like it it helps us tell the story. It like genuinely helps us take that next step. It gives us a nice step up to the next stair step and gives us a better perspective as to what the next move makes or what the what the next move like makes sense to make. Put it that way. Right. Um I, anyways, I, I just really love what we're where we're going, to be honest. It's gonna be cool. Yeah, and I think on the flip side of that, it's setting it in a way that maybe Declan and I haven't realized it and maybe you did deck and I'm just slow to the punch. Uh, but, uh, the, I, what you said in the very beginning, uh, Mark with removing that expectation. Um, I mean the standards that, uh, we hold ourselves to, um, are crippling at times. 
um, like truly crippling because we want to do it to the best of our ability. And we know that we're growing up (laughs) and we don't have necessarily the same uh, ability, the time to pull something off to that magnitude we did. It just takes longer or I mean, deck and I have now been two years apart from each other. So the way that we come up and build our projects are entirely different now. Um, and we don't get to fuel off each other from just staring at each other, uh, walking to the bathroom. (laughs) 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 Um, so like that aspect, uh, and it's a challenge. I mean, it's something that we battle with on a daily basis. Um, but slowly but surely uh, chipping away at removing that expectation and then also having it there at times because we when we hold like a space such as the date night podcast, there is a standard. Mike Tomlin, the standard is the standard, and I'm not going to veer away from that, uh, but there are so many nuances beneath it. Well, and let me ask you this. I think you guys, the separation of the two years that you've had has prepared you for this type of charity. Um, but have you released the expectation of raising 40 grand initially? No, I'm still trying to figure out a way to get as much money as possible by December 21st. Um, I don't think it needs to be, it's 50 grand is our goal. Um, and I still want to find a way to get there. And I've talked to some people and deck of has been searching the same thing, but if like, if it doesn't hit that, or like it's things if we talk to someone and they're like, hey, we've already put ourselves in a situation um, to help this other organization because this is the giving season that yeah. we've now had that conversation and we can come back to them in January when you're doing a 24 hour, 24 hour run or we can come back to them during the summer months and host some other type of events. Um, this is like a it's a year thing. It's uh, it's an ongoing thing, not a year. It's an ongoing thing. Uh, that we can always yeah. tap into. Exactly. Yeah. It, I don't know it, if the question is like, are are we giving up or nothing like that? But I just think you know we we went in with just uh, we just went in with genuine intention to try and put together you know some sort of fundraising effort by the end of the year. The fifty thousand was a number. Doesn't have to right. be the number. And I think. Uh, internally like the best step forward was just like screw the amount raised let's just genuinely figure out where we want to go with it and we'll raise the money along the way um the first step was podcasting and and getting in touch with the right players that we had access to right away see what money we could generate from that you know just see what what where we find ourselves there and then as like as i started reaching out for podcast guests i found Oh, wait a second. Like, why don't we just, why don't we just set a, a goal without a timeline of 50 K and then mm. figure out the coolest people to get there. So now it's like, we have like the potentials of talking to Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, uh, what the hell the guy, the commissioner of the big 10, uh, uh Kevin, Kevin Warren. Warren. Um, and there's going to be like a million other people that are going to come into our wavelengths uh, where Andrew and I are going to be like, you know, having genuine conversation with these types of people. Um, there's going to be also different companies that we'll get to be involved with. There's going to be different relationships that we're going to foster. And all of it is coming from this good space, intentional space of like, you know, raising money for mental health. And as we continue on that journey, 
We're going to find new things that be to be motivated on, harness the motivation, harness, harness donations. And mm. like, it's net, it's something that's never really going to leave anymore. And, and that's kind of what I, what I've turned my head into. I'm not really like, I know we have, um, a match from shields to go and buy gifts at shields outlet in the Dinah or at Eden Prairie. And I know that like, I think we're working on like figuring out who those gifts are going to be for, like that's about the only deadline that we're working on right now. Like that's, that's about it. And um, I'm very much at peace with that because I know that there's like this longer term intention that's going mm. to yield some awesome experiences, results, and like, you know, just we're going to accomplish something eventually. And I'm just really excited to step into that because we've never, we never even thought about doing that when we initially mm. thought of this fundraiser. And now it's turning into something where it's like um, an, an extraordinary opportunity to just kind of always have in our back pocket. It sounds like the BP is finding a new like curiosity to follow. Totally. Absolutely. And, and it, it's another, um, it's a reason, it's a reason for Deck and I to get back on the mics. Yeah. Um, and I love that. And that's yeah, mental. that's actually kind of like true. <laughs> mental health, and it's a whole nother level. Like, Deck and I recorded a podcast yeah. just the two of us last week, and like, huh? I mean, just like a breath of fresh air. I know. I mean, for times we probably just said the same thing that we've said the last six years, but it doesn't like, like that was the coolest thing that we were. Oh, yeah, like, that we did. Yeah, we did. That's great. exactly that was what we did. <laughs> Back you, in the so, weight room. It, yeah. Do you think that has been? something like when did you realize how much you missed it that podcast that you guys did a few weeks ago or has it been under under you know underlying between you two for no for i don't think, i don't know if i've ever missed it and i just realized how good it is to be doing it and having like a a, a, a solid reason to be doing it again um mm. versus you know deck and i had never been the most structured podcast so just doing it week over week and having people on with conversations is awesome. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's great, but it loses its touch when it's virtual. Um, but now we're bringing in a little bit of a bigger scope and a more meaningful why behind it. Um, and it's like a North star. There's, there's a, a, North there's star. a there's central space. Yes. Yeah. 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 I would also add to um, Andrew and I are just getting a lot more like we have a lot more things to get done. And sometimes when you are doing like your at your like say call the back pocket podcast, the show, like there was no time left over for like preparing for DMP season four or expanding right. DNP to Denver, Phoenix, et cetera, like wherever else we want to take the show. There's no time to like rebrand our, our logo, uh, try and reach out to new live stream business. Like, there's so many other things that are like that we're curious in that we're driving revenue to that we're like really, really, really passionate about um, that actually are way more passionate than we are having conversations. And I think that's what Andrew's saying. It's like, do we miss the podcast? Uh, no, not really, because we're really hyper obsessed with like trying to figure out the DNP and like really excited about putting together that show and excited for the next season. You know, like there's so many things that are front of mind that are really you know fueling us up and that we're winning at constantly it's like we can't stop this is what we want to do and that's what it felt like when 
we were in the podcast studio together in our house like telling mm -hmm. that story in reverse is amazing like we spent so much time building our studio and like figuring out the equipment and just like trying to get as many people and like though we were so hyper obsessed with like next guest next guest next guest who can yeah. we find here in the city who can we learn more about who what kind of conversations can we have how do you create the content how do you distribute it no way we just hit like 4,000 followers on Instagram. Now we're throwing a, a party. Now we're selling it out. Now it's like we were doing so many things together in those times, learning at a high rate and and hearing of all these growth and creation stories. It was like the most fruitful moment of of my young 20s. And, and now we're in these different moments where we're completely separated. We can't be, you know, we can't be doing some of these old things and have the same outcomes that were just as exciting as they were the first time. So what, what are these new things that we're doing? So like, you know, the day night podcast, I think is the best example because Andrew's running the show in person. I'm behind the scenes trying to help put the production team together or line up the casting or like, there's so many things to do off the air and there's so many things to do and probably even more to do on air as you guys know. And so for us to be in each of our lanes, conductors of both of those things, make it so much fun and so there's like that's why we're obsessed with it and that's why it works and that's why like we're changing but we're staying persistent and towards towards these similar goals and i think now that we're you know hopping back on the mics diving into this mental health stuff um there's different events that are going to come with that there's different guests mm -hmm. connections opportunities we're not we're not tied to a certain date that we need to be podcasting every Every Tuesday, uh, we're releasing a podcast. It's just going to be whenever it makes sense, we're going to go for it. Um, sorry, long rant, but that's just kind of like that's where our, our heads are at, I guess. Like that's that's kind of the evolution of uh, us the last couple of years here. It's it's kind of wild to see the the similarities, though. Like you're you're hyper you were hyper obsessed with building. You're in a knucklehead way, but you were building something you really believed in with not a ton of idea of where it was going. And now you're back at that square one, but in more of a mature sense of you're hyper obsessed on this, on building something that you're not totally sure of where it's going to go, but you have so much belief in it. And it has this new sense of direction. And I, I think it's very mature and in, in a good solid evolution that speaks to where you both are at personally and and your friendship and your relationship is it's you know we say this a lot but like it's going to be cool to look back on the five years before this but then what the next five have to offer because it is a reflection of who you two are as people and um so thank you guys for what you do because i wouldn't be sitting in the seat with all the things that i've done without you two and mm. and a lot of other people can can say the same. Amen. And I think something that the three of us share, and I don't know what uh, what that higher thing is going to be, but there and it's it happens daily, and it happens every year how we work together on things. But there will be a time where there is some type of, if it is back pocket productions, or if it is just another thing that we create, that's just an overarching space that we can push towards that pools money into so that it funds our life. And we get to just pour into it as much as possible because the, <laughs> reven the revenue is coming in, in a sense of like, it, we have, we it's stable, whatever. I don't know. 
what I'm saying is what we're doing has so much similarities. It always has our headspace is um, so passionate and so rooted in the sense of community um, and uh, lifting others up. Um, there is going to, there's going to be a way and no expectation, but I know that we will have the ability to work on this project and unison in the same space and it will be our sole project. And that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> oh, dude, that's it. That's, I mean, you're, you're totally right. Mark Dell did send us a Snapchat one time saying he'd work for us one day. And I think uh, <laughs> that has, that has a lot of I'll work uh, for you, Mark. Honestly. Yeah, we'll work for you. We'll, how we're, we'll work for each other. Like you, you putting on this twenty-four hour race and dedicating like your your entire time and effort and energy and 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 your input. That's like working for us, man. Like you, you hosting the the D, DNP um, from a crowd perspective or from a show perspective. You know, like that, you're working for us, man. That's cool as hell. Like, yeah. there's so many different times that uh, um, we're working for each other, and I think. Uh, that will always stick with us. And this, the story that we continue to tell is going to be amazing. I think like, especially, you know, specifically for the example of like the DNP or the show or the back pocket podcast being hosted on the third floor of our um, house, like these different things that we've gotten ourselves into from pure passion, just tell the best story ever mm. tell the best story. And there's no, no comparison of it. And, you know, after it happens, all you have is a story to tell. And I think, um, that's what makes it so much fun to keep doing those things that we are so enthusiastic about because it tells a great story. Um, anyways, I, Mark, I really appreciate you, um, being on the show and, uh, really bringing this thing full circle. I, I'm definitely way more energized than I was when we started. Like <laughs> maybe so many of these things that we've realized, uh, or talked about or just discussed, it's just like, it's so pure and awesome, man. And I'm so excited to see our evolution. Cause I think what Andrew was tapping on is like, like eventually we'll start making money because we're just going to get really smart at, you know, building from one experience to the next. At some point we're just going to build some sort of empire. And I think uh, it's not the empire that we really care about. It's just the fact that it does really well because it's a hell of an idea, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyways, man, uh, Anything else you, you want to add personally to the show? No. I uh, I just appreciate you guys. I love you both. And, um, Dak, when I see you, you, get a big old hug. But, Andy, I should be seeing you soon. So just uh, thanks for having me on today. I always enjoy a conversation with you guys. Amazing. That is a wrap on the Back Pocket Podcast. Uh, for those of that, uh, for those of you who that have made it this far, head to the show notes. Um, the fundraiser um, for Masonic Children's Hospital uh, is in the bio. Uh, donate what you can, if you can. We love you guys. Take care. Seeing double. Tell the whole squad out the back door, man. I think it's time to huddle. Yeah.